broadcasting live from Florida's capital city. This is the Jeff Cameron Show, brought to you by Orange Theory Fitness on Real Talk 93.3. Now, stop what you're doing and listen closely. It's time for the Jeff Cameron Show in 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Jeff Cameron Show 93.3 Real Talk Radio or Chant TV. It is great to be with you. Thanks for joining us. On Twitter, it's at Jay Cameron Show. Uh, Florida State, kind of a low-key practice today. Not as intense as uh, you've seen in other days. That'll happen for Florida State, I would think, if you're going to practice for six days in a row in this heat. Going to have to have certain days where you dial it back. And so dialing it back is, uh, I think, for Florida State, uh, a wise idea. When they first said six days in a row, man, I was like, nope. That seems like a lot when heat index of 108. <laughs> yeah, they were mostly inside today, but uh, six days in a row culminating with a scrimmage, too. That's the hard part. you got to finish with a bang. The, the scrimmage I would guess, Tom, given the date, here we are, well, not quite getting there, but we're getting close to a time where you'll see them actively dial a lot back. That scrimmage, I imagine they'll get after it, obviously. There are still some positions to, to try to have to cheer up. There's one more scrimmage after this one. That is correct? I think this is it. I thought they had three. Well, maybe one was, okay, it's not quite a scrimmage. Yeah, I think they've got a, a night practice two Saturdays from now where I, I know that we get to go in at it's like 7.20, and then yeah. interviews are like 9 and change. So I, I guess it's to get them acclimated to a night kickoff and those types of things. I don't know if there's anything extra to that. In spring ball, they've done goal line stuff before the spring game as one final bang. Maybe that's in store for them, but I think for scrimmages – there's only two on the books. Think of think of how much pressure a player or two right now feel in that locker room. We're sitting on Thursday. You got a scrimmage Sunday, and it's close. There's probably three or four spots that are close to be determined in that scrimmage, and and some of that, Tom, is you know even being a viable backup. Like if it's yeah. not just for starters reps that we're talking about here. We're talking about the battle for. Being, you know, second on the depth chart, third on the depth chart, where you're going to get in games, you're going to play meaningful minutes. Like, think about it. Your whole life you've worked to this point, and here you sit now, the difference between maybe getting 10 reps, 25 reps, or starters reps. Yeah, I, I think some of the positions we mentioned earlier will qualify. Secondary, I think there are some jobs open. In the, there are definitely jobs open in the two deep. Oh, without I, question. There's might be yeah. a starter's job or two open, maybe. Maybe beyond preseason projections, we'll see. And then third receiver, 100%. The backup situation at running back. We know who the two veterans are in Trey Benson and Lawrence Toafili, but we like to do a lot of different things offensively. Yeah. 
And so and you have different styles of backs. Yeah, and they've worked hard on pass pro this week. They've had, you know, this is nothing new. They have these drills all the time. But today in individual work, they did pass pro drills. And then yesterday was linebackers versus running backs and like rush drills. So it's, you know, both sides are graded. But every little bit of these drills will go a long way in, in determining what it is, how many reps you get. It's impossible not to think that in you know at the end of this year one of, one of those running backs will not be in that room. Uh, they have so much depth there. They have versatility there. You could not ask for a better situation as a coach going into a season because that's a position guys get banged up, and you need that versatility. You need that depth, but it's hard to garner it because every running back wants to start. Every running and this crop of running backs that they have are all really good. That's the thing. You know, a lot of times it's pretty easy to see, and even the guys, unless they're in denial about their abilities, can see that, oh, well, this guy's just another level. Outside of, you know, Trey Benson, the rest is kind of a muddled picture there. There's a lot of guys that could perform at a high level. With different tools. That's right. right. That's the thing. It's, yes, you're right. That There are different situations. Like, is Lawrence Toafili the first guy I call off the sideline and third and got to have it? Probably not. No. But it's not a bad option, though. He's gotten a lot better at running between the tackles. It's just, is he the first one you would call on? Probably not. But Trey, in pretty much every situation, is somebody that you would call on. And, you know, I, I can't speak for what they did in the scrimmage, but he looks to be very fresh. And I think they're doing a good job of keeping things fresh, even in full pads. I would tell you that the, the kind of year – now, look, we saw him rush for nearly 1,000 yards without being the starter for half the season. So you already know the proof is there that he can be a very, very good football player. But I would say he could be elite, elite because of a number of factors. Another year removed from the injury, he now trusts everything about what he's doing in terms of understanding the offense in terms of his injury. Now he's he can be full go all the time. There's no doubt. He also has been open to the idea that he left a lot of yards on the field. So he's open to coaching. But I think the biggest difference between, a, 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 you know, to me, in addition on the offensive line, they're better on the offensive line than they were a year ago, is that between the tackles, I want to see him hit that hard. He's got to go. He's got to go on short yardage situations. A man that big is going to move the pile. If it's third and a yard and a half, I don't need you to be patient. I need you to hit it up in there and let's go. You're a big dude. You're a strong dude. That aspect of his game was seen in the open field several times where he ran guys over. When the moment of contact happened after he was several yards down the field, players coming up trying to make a play, he'd run them over. You didn't really see it. Last year between the tackles. Yeah, finish a play like Jaheim Bell finishes a play. Oof. My God. That's going to happen. That Nick O'Leary-style highlight, and now he's on the staff, which is kind of funny. Yeah. But that Nick O'Leary-style highlight at Clemson from 10 years ago. Oh, yeah. Jaheim's going to have at least a few of those this year. Play a monster. It's just, it's uncomfortable. You know, in a weird way, when we talk about this team and we've said the reason we're so confident and the reason that team should feel confident is because of the offense, because of the depth of talent. We're going through it right now. We're talking about how good they look, how consistently good they look, and, and now that they're getting even healthier on the offensive line, that figures to continue to improve. Defense is always ahead of offense when you first start practicing and really in the early stages of the season even. But we kind of know that they've got more tricks up their sleeve, a lot of things they could be doing that they're not doing just yet. 
And so I'm really excited to see them unleash the beast, if you will, in that first game against LSU. But one thing that I keep coming back to, and it, it's no real secret, Jaheim Bell, I, you know, this is a guy that's going to be a household name. I think the way he's going to be used in this offense, his, his size, his toughness, where he comes from out of the SEC, his confidence level, the way that Mike will want to use him or Alex will want to use him, he's got a chance to be kind of the superstar of this offense in a weird way. Think about how fun he is to watch play just because of that size and what you're talking about, the ability to finish, the toughness, the versatility. He could be a star in college football, not just for Florida State. In college football, he could be a star. Yeah, ESPN released the top 100 players, and you know that's going to make headlines. Florida State had six, which is the most of any school in the country, and Jaheim was not a part of that list. I think by year's end, he most certainly can be a part of that list. He's going to be a fan favorite. We'll see if he puts up enough production that he becomes a household name for the country. I think he will. But, man, he lines up everywhere. He can, at least. He can line up everywhere. You saw what he did at South Carolina. He was more versatile there, I think, in one way than he will be here. Yeah, we don't need him to run the ball necessarily. He got like 95 running backs. I don't think that that's something that you have to have featured. South Carolina didn't have a whole lot of options. We have more. But, yeah, everything about the way he plays, especially in the open field. I mean, when you see a Miami helmet being thrown to the turf because Jaheim Bell is just tougher than you, that's how it happens. It's that quick where you go, oh, I love this kid. Or the road game at Clemson, third and six. Oh, beautifully designed play. Jaheim Bell's open. You hit him. He's in the open field, and he trucks a safety, a five-star kid for Clemson. You'll fall in love with him. It's going to happen. Well, Brock Bowers is six foot four, 250, 245 pounds, whatever they list him as, and he's uh, a freak to the point where people talk about Brock Bowers being picked in the top five, and that doesn't happen for tight ends very often. Look at the measurables for Jaheim Bell. He's not dissimilar. No. He's not dissimilar. Now, look, Brock is a freak, and he really is, uh, on that offense especially, just something truly special. I'm not trying to tell you Jaheim Bell is Brock Bowers because Brock may be the best I've seen in a long time. I'm just saying he's not crazy dissimilar. But you would marvel at how big of a human being Jaheim Bell is if it wasn't for Marquiston being 285 yards and being a big part of this offense, too. Like He would look even larger if his segment mate wasn't nearly 300 pounds himself. But that's a dense dude who he's, moves at high speeds. He's huge. And, and he can really go, and uh, I, I don't you know I don't know what – we'll have to ask him. I don't know what Jaheim runs, but he's not slow, and Bowers runs like a 4.5 or a 4.45, which is crazy for that size. I mean, that's why he's a freak. But I, 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 would you say Jaheim's probably 4.6-ish? I, think, I mean, he's 4.65. I mean, it's hard to say, but, yeah, football speed-wise, you're not he, like, man, he's slow. You're, no, you never go, that's oh, what I mean. That's what I mean. Get the motor going, big man. Like, nothing like that. No, I, I really think more and more just that he'll be a star best play yesterday might have been uh, Jordan hit Johnny with a lot of really good plays yesterday but it was a Brock Glenn throw to Jaheim and it's in a situation where it's it's not desperate but you you know you got to have a big play that's kind of the way they situated the two team the two sides of the football boom they're out there and Brock throws a seed and it, it's Jaheim and it's just everything about that connection they're going to pass each other like ships in the night in their time at Florida State but that moment you could either marvel at the throw Brock made right, or just what a weapon Jaheim Bell is. Your choice. Either way, you're happy. 
He's too big. Uh, he's too fast for a linebacker to cover. He's too big for a safety to cover. He's a nightmare. It's going to be a problem. He's going to have a huge year. And, then, and they'll want to throw to the tight end, and he's going to be a huge part of that. And he can stay on the field because he can block. So you don't have to change personnel. This is the biggest thing about why this offense can be great. They can keep the same personnel on the field the whole time and play fast. And now you don't have a chance to sub because we're not subbing. Here we go. We have the versatility to keep them out there. Let's go. And I, I think that's why, because, again, if you're trying to run with him as a linebacker, you're screwed. And if you're trying to cover him as a corner or a safety, you're screwed. You, you can't do it. He's a problem. And the other thing is, you just look at the history of a Mike Norvell offense. He loves this position in the offense. He loves to scheme for it. And so even if you were to key on Jaheim Bell, which I don't think you can, I mean, if you're game planning and you have to circle a player and say, I got to stop this guy, can Jaheim really be the first person that you circle? I don't think you have that luxury. Not with Johnny Keon and Trey Benson and, and Jordan to think about as a dual threat. But, Mike, let's just say that their receivers were last year good, which is better than 2020, certainly in 2021, but this year's receiver core you love a lot more. If it was Pokey and Johnny that was green, mm -hmm. Mike would still scheme Jaheim Bell wide the hell open. I mean, think about the LSU game. Yeah. Jordan's, well, Jordan's best throw, arguably, was to Cam McDonald up the seam. And it yeah. was a drop. It was dropped, and I was furious because it was a dime. And that was not an easy throw, by the way. No, everything about that play, too, yeah. was beautifully constructed. You're like, oh, man, this is well done, and the play's not made. You design that play or something along those lines for Jaheim? Buddy. Yeah, it's a touchdown. All yeah. day. They're gonna <laughs> Dudes will bounce off of him. The second most dynamic, or probably, would you, would you, okay, so Jordan Travis, we keep doing this, and it's, I feel bad, because Jordan Travis is what makes it all go, and we know that, and he's a star, and he's Yesterday probably, he was well, and he's going to continue to grow, because he's confident, and I don't know that he was lacking confidence, but he had a year under his belt now, where you could say, you're bona fide, you, you won us some games. A lot of times, quarterbacks are there just not to lose games. I've said for years, when you watch the NFL, there's a handful of quarterbacks that go win games. Just go win them. Brady did that forever, and that's why he was, you know, Brady. And Mahomes does it now. Like, he just goes and wins a game that, frankly, the team is outplayed. He'll just go win a game. So, Jordan went from a guy that could make some spectacular plays. Put you in position. Put you in position, but was pretty inconsistent. Certain throws he just didn't have in the bag. He went from that guy to a guy that makes all the throws, is confident, and will go win you a game. And the team's better this year. So I don't want to keep overlooking him when we talk about stars in the making, but because he can be, uh, yes, dynamic, but he can also be a facilitator because he understands the offense completely, and he pre-snap reads really well. So he knows where to go with the ball based on the look he's getting. Who's the other guy? Because I just said Jaheim Bell is going to be a household name this year. Is there another guy that isn't already? Because Johnny Wilson, by the end of last year, was on everybody's radar. If you like college football, you saw enough of him, certain big moments, whether it be the bowl game at the end of the year, whether it be the Louisville game, whatever the game it was that you tuned in and you saw him make big plays. Is there another guy? Well, Keon Coleman might be the answer to that, but people should know him too because he was good at Michigan State. Is there another player? Because Jaheim Bell's a guy that if you go around and talk to people outside of the group that covers this team, they may not know that much about him. I'm wondering if there's another guy. Yeah, well, there are two candidates. One is Destin. Yeah, Destin's the other candidate I was going to say. But the other one is, is Biscuit. I could see where, you know, you have 
a TV setup for a game, let's say it's game day for Florida State or whatever, you've got a national team broadcasting, and they talk about Bell and Douglas, like combined, what the two tight ends do. Like I could see that where, man, the, the versatility that Florida State has and Bell and Douglas at tight end, what a combination that is. It's almost attached to Jaheim, and it brings Biscuit along for the national media. Right, right. We already know and love what Biscuit became in the back half of last season, but he's had a really, really good camp. And if you've got a key on Keon and Johnny and Jaheim and Jordan and Trey, and there's Biscuit just wide the hell open, you can understand why he would be wide open, but he's a good player. So he could rack up a lot of production and, and – Jump the ship a little bit. I've loved Biscuit for a while. I think he's going to – I can't believe he kept his speed while adding 10 pounds when he didn't seem to need to add 10 pounds. I think – I've said this before, too. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe he'll continue to surprise me and 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 can add weight and still be productive. But at some point, he feels like he's an NFL tackle. I mean, you get – you nobody has feet like that for that size. Yeah. Uh, he's just athletic enough right he's now. He's really it's, athletic. Yeah. I, you know, it just seems like somebody's going to see him and be like, ooh. I, I don't know. After a full camp, and especially a week like I this. Don't mean, I don't mean here. I don't, I don't mean no, here. No, I'm just saying I can't imagine he's playing at 285 against LSU. He's probably down back in the 270s. <laughs> yeah. he got to be, right? That's still a giant tight end, man. That's still a giant tight end. It's amazing. Chef Cambridge Show, 93.3 Real Talk Radio and War Chant TV. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back guaranteed because with ebay motors you're burning rubber not cash with all the parts you need at the prices you want it's easy to make your car the mvp and bring home huge wins keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com eligible items only exclusions apply hey guys our next partner is ag1 the daily foundational nutritional supplement that supports whole body health i drink it quite literally every single day I began using AG1 because, I'll be honest with you, I don't like to take a bunch of pills and vitamins, and I just wanted something that tastes great, was quick, and easy to remember, so I do it. I do it every morning when I wake up. I certainly have it right after my coffee and before I work out, and I will tell you this, too. It is um, a simple, effective investment for your health. You can try AG1 and get five free AG1 travel packs and a free one-year supply of vitamin D with your first purchase. Go to drinkag1.com slash JCS. Again, that's go to, uh, all you got to do is go to uh, drinkag1.com slash JCS. That's drinkag1.com slash JCS. Check it out. It's delicious. It's quick. It's easy. It's proven. Vitamins, probiotics, whole food source nutrients. Start your day with it. You'll feel better. I promise. Welcome back to the Jeff Cameron Show, sponsored by Legendary Home Loans, a mortgage experience designed around speed, simplicity, and customer service. Before you buy your next home, contact our friend Shannon Young with Legendary Home Loans. Visit FSUHomeLoans.com, FSUHomeLoans.com.
thank you to our wonderful sponsor at uh, Zaxby's. Yay, Zaxby's, let's do this thing. I can't hardly talk about you today the way I normally do because I can't eat Zaxby's or anything else for that matter today, and I haven't eaten for a long time. And talking about the deliciousness that is Zaxby's kind of pisses me off right now. I tagged you. I tagged you yesterday because I was splitting that split-top bun. Getting after it. A little post-practice. Well, it's right on the way home because there are how many locations? What's Marquise's jersey number? That's how many locations there are in Tallahassee. Zaxby's 18-year Golden Chief Boosters, but I didn't care about the booster part yesterday. I was hungry. I wanted a chicken sandwich, and I got it along with the barbecue sauce plus the tongue torch mixed it together Oh, in that split-top bun. little mix-ity-mix. Mix-ity-mix. That Nicely was done. the way to do it. I think if Bell and Morlock were not here and McDonald came back, Biscuit would be the starter. I agree, James B. Blake wants to know what are the chances Florida State could go independent. Not good. Don't think they would. Uh, and the reason is, again, scheduling. Pretty difficult as an independent. Don't think it would happen. P. Simpson, that's correct. 123 Tallahassee locations. Yeah, that's it. They're everywhere. Congratulations. Ryan wants to know about Cam, the running back coming in. He's a stud is really fun to watch, is going to be, I think it's, well, speaking of stars, I think he's he's got the chance to be that. Cam Davis is a big guy who is uh, low center of gravity. 5'9", is a problem. Yes. Yeah. They have recruited both a bruiser in Cam Davis and then a local product for the, uh, the lightning element. you got thunder and lightning coming in the 24 class in the running back room, but there are a lot of cornerstone players in this class, mm-hmm. you got your quarterback, you got your all everything yeah. running back, you've got members of the secondary, maybe more on the way soon. Well, you just, yeah, KJ Bolden's pretty big get. So is Charles Lester. Yeah. Yeah. And perhaps more on the way, like you said. Mm. Yeah. Well, it's good times. Good times right now to be covering Florida State, rooting for Florida State, uh, hoping for Florida State to be good. You got a lot of uh, reason to hang your hat on that and believe it's going to happen. Fleetwood Mac <laughs> writes, does the revenge tour start this year? Funny that we bring it up. I brought up Revenge Tour many, many moons ago. And now we talk about it. It's a thing where you look back and you say, okay, is this it? Is this the Revenge Tour? Um, it's a hard question to answer. The revenge that you want to get in particular are specific to two teams. Wake Forest, who I'm done with. And I've been done with, especially now that they've gotten all uppity. Talking about we're the most, I don't know, high-profile team in the ACC since whatever the last three years, whatever the nonsense is that their athletic director pointed out. So there's that. And then if they are, they won't let us sit on the hill, right? They'll be sold out. Without question. I mean, they're popular, Tom. Right. But – that game, and then the only other really that I think we talk about all the time is, look, Clemson. You got to get past Clemson. It's been – I mean, give Clemson credit. They've been dominant in this conference. Hell, nationally, they've been dominant. Now, we might think it's time. Looks like they're waning. There seems to be some uh, cracks in the facade there. I agree with that. But until you go beat them, and if you, you can send a – a resounding message by going up there to beat him. 
But until you do, man, you're just on the wrong end of something that is creeping very, very close to a platinum bohica. That is, that's insane. I really never thought I'd see that. You were 43 the last time we beat Clemson. It's dumb. 43. Dumb. So, anything that's approaching a platinum platinum bohica, bohica status and you're on the wrong side of it is not good. This has to stop. I think we now know the term for 15 in a row. It's the platinum <laughs> bohica. Uh, I'm just, no, we're not doing that. So let's let's go. Uh, revenge tour, again, it's just those two games. Because you, I mean, you, you are you going to revenge the 45-3 to three ass kicking you delivered Miami? <laughs> <laughs> we need to avenge those three points yeah, we gave up. Uh, we're going to avenge the uh, the win over Florida, avenge the wins over just about everybody else? Yeah. Um, I don't know that I would label this a revenge tour. You're waiting until after the Clemson game? <laughs> I just – I remember – so this gets brought up a lot because we're good. How good is the debate? Not if we are good, how good. So when you start feeling yourself like that, you start thinking to yourself, hey, we're good. I'm feeling a little froggy around here. You tend to make grand proclamations when that happens. But I do recall 2013, 2014, even 2012, and we turned out to be wrong. Those felt like teams you should make grand proclamations about. And you're not prepared to in this situation. And I just don't think I am. Wow. I still I still think they're good. Really good. Okay. I don't know, man. I, All right. Do you? Well, you asked – well – you asked me about concerns beyond backup center. Well, listen, revenge tours to me almost are like, this is surefire. This is going to happen. They're going – you know, there have been years where Florida State – 2013 is one of them. 99 was one of them. I mean, I remember going into the 99 season, I I actually thought that they would go undefeated. And I asked somebody if, if they didn't, would, they, would this be a bitter disappointment if you don't go undefeated? Like, that's how – Armed and ready they were to play football that year. They were that good where you could ask with a straight face, if you don't go wire-to-wire wire undefeated, is this season a bitter disappointment? Okay. How about calling it the ACC revenge tour instead that, of the revenge tour? I think that's accurate. Does that settle it a little bit more for you? Because that first week is what it is, and then from there, run the table. You win your next 11, including all of your ACC games, and let's go to Charlotte. Be done with it. What are we waiting for? Oh, they ought to stomp ass every week in mm. the ACC. I mean, look. Stomp it. This is, yeah, the, the schedule, from an ACC standpoint, the only game that scares you in the ACC is the Clemson game. And it's laid out pretty nicely. That's yeah. the other part. You're not going Clemson, Miami, and then roadie at NC State in a good year for NC State in sequence. Clemson has a, a run-up. Southern Miss and BC, come on now. You're going to be ready for that? Well, we will have played Southern Miss. Oh, I thought you said I'm Clemson. I'm saying it's the run-up. Yeah, the ours run up is Southern Clemson. Miss and, Cle and BC back-to-back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that's yeah. the run-up yeah, for yeah. Clemson. you got yeah. to buy three home games in a row against the likes of Syracuse and Duke and Virginia Tech. That, that, and then you play Wake off of that. You're going to be ready for Wake. All right, done. You're not scared that it's at Wake? <laughs> I... I believe here and now, despite their 115% increase in popularity over the last three years, 
I believe that we will have significantly more people there than they will that day. I believe that. I've talked about it a lot. I think that you have to put them back in their place. Settle this. Let's be done with it. Nice little run. You've done more with last wake. Bravo. We're back. Time for you to go back into your hole. Here comes an ass kicking. Just be done with these games where we where you're, you know, fretting over teams like that. That shouldn't happen. When we're right, as I like to say, when we're operating at peak efficiency, this is not a game that you think about. You take care of business in September. And that could be going three and one. However you want to slice it, you go three and one. We're gonna send a lot of people on the road this year. From that point on, I know that we have three home dates immediately after our first four games, but a lot of people are going to be going You think a lot of people wake. are going to go up to Wake? Yeah. I This last taste of Wake kind of thing. Let's just say that Florida State comes out from the shadows that they've suddenly gone into, and they announce that 2025, it's on. Woo! Right? Okay. Well, if that's the case, then I think more people will go to Wake because they know for a fact it's the last time. you got to stamp this thing out the right <laughs> way. Oh... Florida State obnoxiously rolling into Pitt, Wake, Boston College, just because we know. That's it, suckers. Have fun being broke, bitches. Might say something that rhymes with suckers, but yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. The trip to Pitt, we'll send a lot of people to that. If we are top well, 10, Well, that's top a fun five. trip anyhow. That's a fun yep. trip anyhow. It's a cool stadium. It's a cool city. Yeah, we'll go down to Gainesville after Thanksgiving with our chest, or go up depending upon what part of the state you're coming from. Chest puffed out. Oh yeah, we'll send people on the road. You got to take care of business in September though. If they go, I'm just telling you, I can picture this fan base. I know how the show would sound. I know what everybody's going to be thinking. If they are two and two in September, mm. those games are not well attended, sir. No, the three the three home but, games back to back to back. But I'm going to tell you this, and and it's a big if, obviously, and I'm not conceding anything. If Florida State is two and two after those four games, as angry as you might be, I'm going to predict, just like I did last year, that they're going to go undefeated in the remaining games and get revenge over Clemson in the ACC championship game. I believe that will happen. If if they're two and two, I'm going to come in here now. If there's something crazy, right. you know, yeah, yeah, all things being equal yeah. and healthy. I'm going to because they're not going to lose to Virginia Tech. They're not going to lose to Syracuse. Both those are home games. They're probably not going to lose to Duke at home either. They've never lost to Duke. They're not going to lose to Duke. They're going to go beat Wake. They're going to beat Pitt on the road. They're going to house Miami's ass, although that game could be a little bit tougher than maybe we thought it would be before. It's nice that it's here, though. It, it is nice that it's here. And they'll be sky high for it, and we're better. Uh, they're not going to lose to North Alabama. And they're going to go beat Florida, who's got quarterback problems. So, yeah, man, I will. And then you'll see the tide turn just like it did last year. You'll have a lot of frustrated people who are losing faith, who are going to say Mike's not the guy, and all those things will happen when you're 2-2. Two and two. If they are. If they are. And it's a big if. I'm giving you worst-case scenario. Worst-case scenario, if they're 2-2, two and two, I'm telling you, I'm still going to sit here and say, I think Florida State wins out. Wins out. Period. And that includes the ACC championship game. I think they'll win out. Because there's no sh- – you're an underdog against LSU. For whatever reason, you are. So, I'm just – I'm pointing out what Vegas thinks. All right? So, if you lose that game – now, don't go to Orlando and get beat 38-7. to we, we might have some issues. But assuming that's a close game that could go either way, you know, whatever. You, I, I don't want to lose it. I'd love to win it. It matters. It's a big deal. It gives you grace. It gives you, a, you know, wiggle room. But if you do lose, 
I don't know, 34-31 or something, and then you lose on the road in a close game to Clemson, who will also be favored. I I, I know that everybody will jump, but I won't. Word at LSU campus, they've got secondary issues. Well, then they're going to get blown out. If, if that's the if problem. If they've got secondary issues, they're going to get blown out. Yeah, and Mason Smith and Harold Perkins matter not. Well, I, you know, listen, I don't know what to believe. I'm not at their camp. We'll talk to our guy. They've got an injury issue for one, but yeah. then also, yeah, that – well, we hear that, but again, we'll see. I'm not there. We will talk to some people who are there, who I do want to know what they're hearing as well. But to me, if that's true, any team, it's not just LSU. This isn't a shot at LSU. If you've got weakness in your secondary and you're playing Florida State, oh, this, this is going to be a problem. you got a quarterback who gets it, and you've got weapons to do something about it all over the field. And that could be a long-ass afternoon. And I believe that the the way to describe Florida State this year on both offense and defense is multiple. I think you're going to see Florida State be able to do a lot of different things on offense, and I think they're going to be able to give you different looks on defense. Yes. Yeah. They're, they're, we haven't seen that in a long time. different looks on defense. Different looks true. on defense. we got to solve yes. for the future with our friends at ISF. We'll do it next. Jeff Cameron Show, 93.3 Real Talk Radio, War Chan TV. The Jeff Cameron Show, brought to you by Orange Theory Fitness. Two Tallahassee locations, Midtown on Thomasville Road, and Northside in the Village Common Shopping Center. Online at orangetheoryfitness.com. with the Jeff Cameron Show every Thursday. They collaborate with unique clients all over the country. They've done so on over 1,500 projects for over 40 years as an IT strategy firm. They've got you covered, serving state government, business clients, as I said, across the nation. That's how they roll. They don't go in there and just tell you what you're going to do. They collaborate. They want to hear what you have to say, and then they take their expertise, which helps you Solve for the future using strategy, process, and technology. What do you want to solve for today, gang? Got a sense of uh, solving any FSU problems? I don't think we can solve the kicking woes. I think those uh, ebb and flow with confidence levels, and one week it's good, one week it's not. Can we solve for your reluctance to declare this the revenge tour? Yeah. All right, so you want to call it the revenge tour. It's redundant in that I called it way back when. And it worked. I'm just afraid. I'm just a little timid. That's age that you're willing to admit that, though. That's good. They're not that kind of dominant. Let's just say that as we're solving for the future. I'll tell you FSU's good, really good. And that good may be good enough to go 11-1 and and win the uh, ACC. And go to the college football playoff if you're 11-1 and and you you win the conference, you're going to go. That's really good. I just remember, Tom, last year, and we've talked about this before, there are a couple times where you watch a team, and I get it. A one-off on a neutral site, you'd say, yeah, they could win that game. They could win that game. But if you're talking about on balance of which roster it is that you think looks like a national championship roster or a dominant physical in the trenches, going to move you kind of team, I thought, you know, Georgia looked like that team. 
But that Georgia team struggled against Missouri, as you pointed out, that Georgia team had some issues, should have lost to Ohio State. All right, fine. Yeah, when you're talking about the very best of the best on a day like that, it can happen. But does FSU feel like that to you? I think that they have the capability in a way that they did not last year to go get the football on defense. Okay, well, that is going to be a game changer because they haven't done it in a few years. And if that happens, if that's suspicion, and look, there's evidence to it. You read the practice reports if you're a Warchant.com member and you see mission takeaways on Twitter from Adam Fuller. A lot of interceptions out there, man. If they can do that, they can run away and hide from good teams, really good teams, like maybe their first opponent or their fourth opponent of the season. If you grab, they had eight picks last year. Eight as a team. That's atrocious. If you force Daniels into two picks with this offense as consistent as we believe it's going to be, if you force Daniels into two picks for LSU, how do you like our chances of winning that football game? They're through the roof, aren't they? Yeah, look, I, I'm, I'm, we just beat LSU a year ago, and we kind of dominated the game until yeah. stupid blunders late made that interesting. I, I, P. Simpson hits on something here. I do think I'm a little less um, – I'm more reluctant than I was to declare a revenge tour or whatever you want to call it because Daryl Jackson, I think, is a difference maker, a massive difference maker in games like that, in a game where you're playing Georgia, in a game where you're playing Ohio State, the best of the best – where the rosters really are about how deep are you loaded with five-star NFL caliber talent. This is where my skill player is as good as your skill player. My quarterback is better than your quarterback, but your running back or your tight end might be better than mine. So how are these matchups playing out? And I feel like the areas of weakness for Florida State would be getting worn down against a physical team that can run between the tackles with a, a bevy of runners that like we have, like we have, for example, and also our linebackers having to cover is a problem. I don't love that matchup. There's only a few teams that can exploit it. Only a few. So can Florida State be kicking ass in this conference? Yes, without question. Can Florida State be an 11-1 type team? Maybe even 12-0? and I mean, God, if they win those two games in, in September, they are, I, they're going to go 12-0. and Listen, you want to get nervous. Beat LSU and turn around and beat Clemson two weeks or three weeks later up at Clemson. They're going to go undefeated. I won't be nervous because they'll have a freebie anyway, even if they don't. But they win those two games, they're going to be 12-0. And yeah. then you're nervous about the ACC championship well, game and everything else. But, yeah. Here's a here's a term that begins with A that we used a ton in the past. I know this is solving for the future, but remember the term avalanche? Oh, yeah. Turnovers can help you get to that avalanche. You think about this. They had 16 turnovers generated last year, eight of which are interceptions. It's 85th in the country or 78th, I forget. But it's wait, it's bottom half. That shouldn't happen with this athletic disparity. You had six blowouts? Six blowouts last yeah, year? Yeah. And you couldn't get the damn ball away from the other team? Imagine if you do. I understand that those are overmatched opponents, but my point is— And there is, are a lot of overmatched opponents this year, too. It, my point is that if you generate—like, they had two, there were two turnovers against LSU because of the muffed kicks— and we months. didn't do anything with him. And we did nothing with him. We still controlled the balance of the game. You do something with him, you win that game by 20? Yeah, you go away with it, yeah. Right. If you do that to Clemson, the Klubnik kid, on the road, he throws a couple of picks. I'm just, I'm very impressed with what I've seen in the downhill nature, the way this defense looks for the football. I've talked about that. I talked about it last week. I think it's the biggest difference. There's a mindset. There's an intention. What they're teaching it's different. How did we smoke 
Clemson 10 years ago. You would say it's comprehensive when you look back at it. But, but it was turnovers. That it, they it turned turnovers. Over. Yeah, but we did also comprehensively smoke their ass. But you don't get to a place where it's a laugher at halftime Correct. without, yeah, without a the scooping score. Yeah. And then the first play of the game, was it the first play from scrimmage? It was that first Clemson drive. It wasn't the first play, but yeah. But you get a turnover immediately. Mm-hmm. You score. And then there's the Edwards scoop and score. And then LaMarcus has a pick when he shouldn't have been He's where he was. He's in the wrong spot, yeah. But, I mean, that's how it turns into no, a, a I, laugher. I agree. If they can create turnovers. Look, I do think, and that's another thing about Daryl Jackson, like I think they were going to win more first downs if they had him in there against the run. I, th- I think they would have had an opportunity to create even more third and long situations, which directly lead to turnovers. Now you're pinning your ears and you got a first-round draft pick coming off the edge and a kid who's going to be all ACC off the other side. You've got, in that case, third and long and trust with zone eyes to go make plays. I, I agree with you. Um I, the loss of Daryl Jackson really upset me because I think that might be the very difference between winning a playoff game and and not. Yeah, the frustration there would be, how do you get to third down or second and obvious? You know, how do you get to obvious down a distance? Well, one of them is you keep scoring and they come up empty with one possession and now they've got to change their game plan. Yeah, yeah. But I think if you can get your opponents, that's the goal here without Daryl, he would help immensely in getting to obvious situations. But if you can get there with what we've seen from Braden Fisk, with what we've seen, Jared Verse. I mean, that dude is a menace. But, I mean, you've got a lot of guys, Dennis Briggs, Josh Farmer. Oh, yeah. But you've got a lot of guys that can get home, and you don't have to bring extra bodies to do so. You complement that with guys who are now looking for the football, getting downhill on it, and that's the recipe. It's It would be since, the first, since 2013 that we saw a defense that, brutalized offenses that that treated with blatant disrespect offenses they just manhandled offenses and made plays on the football there was a general disregard for your humanity in your life oh, in 2013 it was unbelievable i did think 2015 was a championship caliber defense it was a good defense we just didn't have a we didn't have a quarterback and they hit and they did a lot of th- you're right but no i'm saying it's been a minute since you felt bad for opposing offenses maybe this is a year maybe now, that's interesting. You say it that way, and I don't think this is. I don't think this right, is a team that's right. going to impose and, and have – Right. Well, 2010 was, and that was a flawed-to-hell defense. I mean – No, you know. no, I, I'm not saying they can't be good, and I'm not saying they can't win the ACC if they're not that. I'm saying that those teams that win a national championship have that to them. They have something to them. There's a, there's a nastiness. This front does. I think the front does, too. The front too. most certainly I need, does. I need the others to come along for a ride. That would solve for the future. Yeah, that if you if you want to, if that future is talking about playing for a national title, it's not the offense. The offense, I'm telling you, I think we said it and forget it with the offense. I think they're going to be great. There's always a game where you play poorly or the weather's inclement or whatever it might be. But you know, you know what I'm saying. I, I think that offense is is geared up and prepared to play against any defense in the country and have success. That's all you can ask for. Whether or not they do on a given day, well, that's why they play the games. It's not on paper. Got it. But they are equipped to do it. And they and Mike is a good offensive coordinator. Alex Atkins is a good offensive coordinator. They're a good game planning duo. They're going to be fine. Defensively, there's a lot of pressure on that coaching staff. Now we're already seeing the gains because of the change on the back end of that coaching staff, which we're both excited about. And I really wanted to see it happen. It looks like it's happening, and we're seeing the fruits of their labor. But it's a it's a big year for Adam Fuller. He's got to show and prove. And I think it's a big year for Randy Shannon. I think it's a big year for the defense, period. There's pl- plenty of guys where two fingers back to you. Have a big year. You are equipped. You have speed. You have depth. And your front line on that defense is good. 
really good. There's really not a reason for you not to be good, even dominant at times. That's how the avalanche begins. That would solve for their future. That would be a championship caliber future if, in fact, they can get those turnovers and play aggressively. Nasty. Play with an edge. Not just, hey, we're not, hey, we don't suck. Look at this. We're pretty good. That's not the mentality. I want, oh, we're going to kick your ass. This is going to be dominant. This is going to be ugly. This poor quarterback. This is going to be a long day for this poor kid. They can't block us. ISF.com to learn more about ISF. We love them as collaborators. Come back, wrap it up momentarily. The Jeff Cameron Show is a production of the Warchant.com Multimedia Network. Check out Warchant.com today for the latest news inside Florida State Athletics. That's Warchant.com. Now, back to Jeff on Real Talk 93.3. <laughs> So really quick, heads up, pay attention. Uh, you may be interested in this. Tickets are available now. Tickets are available now for the Tallahassee Quarterback Club's 74th annual kickoff dinner. 74th, wow. 75th? Oh, what are you looking at? Oh, happy 75 years. It says 74th. Yeah. yeah. Is it 75? Either way. Been doing it a long damn time. It's the annual kickoff dinner featuring FSU head coach Mike Norvell. Limited seats available. You don't want to wait. Get yours today. TallahasseeQBClub.com. That's TallahasseeQBClub.com. Basically, in a nutshell, the Tallahassee Quarterback Club is going to be having uh, Mike Norvell speak. There you go. Get your tickets. Tallahassee Quarterback Club or TallahasseeQBClub.com. That's 74th. I put an extra year on them for no reason. It's my fault. You don't look a day over 74, Tallahassee Quarterback Club. Power and performance, Powerville. Let's go. Let's get it on. Let's get some probables in here. Small slate today. It's time for, how you say, with the pitching, uh, probables? Seattle leads one to nothing over Kansas City. George Kirby and Angel Zerpa. Red Sox Nationals. Chris Sale, Patrick Corbin. We got the Tigers and the Guardians. Tariq Skubal and Xavion Curry. Mets Cardinals, Jose Quintana. That creep can roll, man. Adam Wainwright, 100 years old. D-backs, Padres, Zach Gallon, Rich Hill, and finally, Brewers, Dodgers, Corbin Burns, Lance Lynn. That's a look at those that shall reside on the bump. Bing. Tom, I didn't see it, but you can inform me if it's true. It may be. I didn't. Did you guys sweep us? Uh, two out of three. Okay. We did get one at least. All right. DJ Stewart hit three home runs in the series. Yes. He's, he's playing for you guys? Yeah, that DJ Stewart. He hit three bombs against the Pirates? He did, two of which were prodigious. That's When he hits them, those, they tend to be. Um, I didn't know that he was no longer an Oriole and didn't know. Yeah, so a former Pirate, we've got Vogel back, who has been terrible. And uh, he's got nine home runs and 220 bats this year for the Mets. DJ Stewart in the same amount of at-bats would have 19. So maybe the Mets are thinking about a new lefty DH. You know, one of the things I like, I like that we fleece the Mets. We gave you Vogel back, and we've had a very valued middle reliever. He has done a great job for us in Holderman, right? Didn't we get Holderman? Yes. Holderman was good. Vogel was good last year. He's a bum now. We got rid of him. (laughs) Good work out of you. Good job, Director Matthew. I'll be out tomorrow. You guys know why. I'll be back Monday, raring to go, I do believe. Peace. Jackpot now, okay?